What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt? What's going on, brother? Not much. Not much, man. How are you doing this morning? Doing good, man. That's good. Doing good. It's good. It has officially gotten cold where you are. It has, yes. Yesterday was bitter, bitter cold. It was very chilly and yeah. uh, didn't get above freezing. And it, yeah, it was a cold day, man. I was looking at the forecast. It doesn't look like it's going to get above freezing either over the next few no, weeks. So I no, think it's, it's not, man. And it was, uh, and it was like yesterday it was terrible because the wind was blowing so bad so oh man when the when the wind blows and it's cold it's just a deadly combination yeah 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 it it, it's still it's still not that bad here i mean we got a light dusting of snow uh yesterday morning early but it's supposed to be in like the 40s or 50s today so so yeah so definitely (laughs) you're like this is nothing man oh no it's nothing at all it's like it's kind of nice that winter hasn't even fully set in here yet. So uh, definitely going to be a shorter winter here in D.C. So, yeah, uh, the difference there is like it doesn't go on forever, right? No, that's it doesn't. A, that's the challenge of being here, man, is like it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. By by April 1st here, you know, spring's in full effect and, you know, the you know cherry blossoms are going to start coming out, things like that. But in, by April 1st in Toronto, usually there's still snow and, and stuff like that. So it's still pretty cold yeah. there. So, yeah. Yeah, man. So I, I heard uh, you told me you got a new car. That's exciting. Got a new car, man. Yeah. yeah. Got a got a. It's so funny, man. It's a yeah, it's a 2015 Honda Civic. Yeah, just following and, in the uh, footsteps of one of your favorite people, right? What's that? You're following in the footsteps of one of your favorite people, right? <laughs> yeah. For our <laughs> listeners that don't know, Jared's got a car. It's almost identical. It's a 2015 uh, Honda Civic. You have a 2015 yeah, Honda Civic? It's literally the same car. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. <laughs> I didn't know what years yours was. Yep. Yeah, it's it, it's it's identical because it's silver too, right? Just like oh, yours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does it, yeah. Have the side, does it have the side camera when you turn the right blinker on? It doesn't have the side oh, camera. I think, I think yours might be a little bit more fancier than mine, uh, but it has like the backup camera and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, um, it's a good deal, man. God really blessed us with it. We, I went and looked at, um, I looked at like the newer models first and I really liked those, you know, and, and, uh, I like the newer, like 2016 was the year they first came out the new models for the civics mm-hmm. and I like the new body styles better, but man, we went in there and, um, I test drove like a 2016 Honda Civic and it just like, it just rode like garbage and it had like 67, 70,000 kilometers on or something like that. Hmm. And, um, and I was like, ah, you know, it just, I'm not interested. And I asked that guy, I said, what are like the 2015? Cause I wasn't, I thought yours was like a 2013 or 14. I wasn't sure. I said, what did the 2015 Civics look like? And He's like, well, here's one right over here. And he walks me over to this Honda Civic. And I think it was like mint. It had not like nothing wrong with it. It only had 18,000 kilometers. So for our American listeners, that's like 11,000 miles. Wow. And um, so Erica was like, I bet you money like an elderly person owned this car. And sure enough, it was owned by like a 90-year-old woman who leased it for three years, three or four years. And she only drove it around town to like get her hair done and grocery shop and stuff like that. And so she put, 
she put less than 11,000 miles on it in almost four years. Wow. Um, so yeah, man, it's, it's a really nice car and we got a really good deal for it. So yeah, it was, it was, it was really nice. It was a, it was a big blessing. So yeah, we well, were really grateful for it. It's about time you got a new car because man, that, yeah, that well, you rode that yeah, other I mean, thing into the ground. Like yeah, it literally that, like groaned, like it just was like, please just put me out of my misery. Every time we rode in that thing. <laughs> that Altima, man, that, that oh Altima, gosh. God bless her. Yeah. 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 I, on, um, she had a the, good run. I, I came in the night before we got rid of it and I, and uh, I acted like I was emotional and Isaac, <laughs> I told Isaac, I was like, well, I told, I told that car, she's been good to me and all this stuff. And I, I, Isaac, I said it in such a way, like Isaac didn't know I was talking about the car and like, he was like looking at me like, Oh, are you being serious right now? That was pretty funny. Oh man. But yeah. We ended up just calling a guy to come and like tow it away for scrap metal. Yeah. They just, you just gave it to him. No, no, he he, uh, he paid money. me. Uh, come on, man! I'm not gonna give it away. I, I mean, say, that's yeah. my baby. Yeah, there you go. He, he paid me two hundred dollars. Two hundred large. There you go. Two hundred dollars. <laughs> two hundred more than would have had originally. So yeah, he was like, "Do you want your Tennessee license plate?" And I was like, "No, nah, man, I'm good." He was like, "I'm gonna go ahead and take it off anyways, because um, people sometimes would break into like this scrapyard and stuff, and they'll steal these license plates hmm. to commit." to commit crimes hmm. and i was like oh yeah maybe maybe you should then so i think the guy's gonna like get his toolbox out and stuff like that and one of his workers just like grabs hold of the bottom of the license plate and just rips it off. <laughs> like okay <laughs> that's you go. pretty awesome i mean if it's scrap metal then who cares right yeah, yeah <laughs> so, i didn't care i yeah. was just like man you got some supernova strength there there you go that's awesome yeah man but it's good it's it's um you, you forget, like, I texted you yesterday, man, but, like, I filled that Civic up yesterday for, like, 40 bucks. How much does it cost you to fill it up in the States? Like, 20? Uh, about $25. Well, Tops will fill it up. Maybe, maybe like, 23 Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. That's, that's amazing. It costs us about 90 bucks to fill up the Odyssey, our minivan. Yeah. Well, that's 90 Canadian, though. 90 well, Canadian yeah. dollars. So well, that's, where, that's where I live, bro. I know, but for <laughs> listeners in America, like they're thinking, you know, like 90 US dollars. That's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. It's probably that's more funny. like 65 US dollars to fill up the, uh, the, the Honda. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Either it is. way, it is. Well, hey, man, we're going to talk about Sabbath rest and sabbaticals today. Yeah. Um, let's do it. So, yeah, I think that uh, if there's one thing that church planners are typically pretty bad at, it's resting. Um, you know, church planners tend to be, for the most part, I think church planners are go-getters, they're self-starters, they're, you know, highly motivated, self-motivated, they're driven people. Uh, and, uh, a lot of times, uh, they're, you know, church planners are guys that have a difficult time, like sitting still. A lot of times church planners are restless, especially if they're, you know, after that, you know, the apostolic you know, type of bent, uh, they're going to tend to want to be going and taking on new projects, doing new things, fixing things, tweaking things. Uh, it's kind of how planners are wired, right? So there's an endless amount of work. Um, and I think that this is, this, it doesn't just apply to church planners though. It's probably for all pastors and ministers that, uh, I think that, uh, it's easy to overlook rest, but scripture is very clear in its command uh, to rest. Um, yeah. why do you think God wants us to rest, Matt? Well, he, he commands a day of rest. And I think it's because 
a, a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, I think it's to pause and reflect on his goodness of what he's done in those other six days. So I think it's good. To, it's not that it's not like we only pray and, and, you know, and reflect on his goodness one day a week. But I think the Sabbath is a chance to really stop to pause, to, to take a uh, to take a break from our normal, regularly scheduled activities to worship him, to congregate with other brothers and sisters of Christ, to fellowship, and just to reflect on his goodness. I think that's first and foremost. The second is he made us and like, he didn't make us as robots. And so he knows that we get tired and he knows that we get worn out. So, um, so I think that that's a, the other reason is to be able to, um, to, to, to be able to just literally do what he tells us to do, to rest, to rest our bodies, to rest our minds. Um, you know, we'll get more into this. I, I think the, I think how we view rest in our society is often misconstrued. And I think that, um, we've got to kind of re, We've got to kind of recapture what it means to truly rest on on that Sabbath and what it means to kind of rest in Christ. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was reading this uh, this past week and uh, just my normal Bible reading uh, in Exodus uh, chapter sixteen, and God was. Uh, you know, telling the people about how he was going to provide manna for them, right? And so there's going to be a yeah. man on the ground and he says, six days a week, you go out and you gather it. And then he says in verse 19, he says, see, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. And mm. what struck me about that is I, is just that, you know, the connection between Sabbath rest and, and faith, trusting yeah. God that, yeah. you know, really like one of the primary reasons that God gave Israel the Sabbath day, uh, aside from abiding in him and just enjoying him was to trust him and to go, you know what? Like, I'm going to trust that God's going to provide for this seventh day that I don't need to be incessantly working all the time. Mm. Um, I think that's an aspect of Sabbath rest that sometimes we don't think about as much. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's so good. So good. I, I've told you this story multiple times, but I'll, I'll never forget it, man. It's, it was a real store marker, mile marker in like my life, you know, but, um, we were at a pastor's conference, me and, uh, my mentor and another guy who's had a great influence in my life in India. And we were praying and God was really blessing the conference and it, and it was great. But I remember, you know, one of, one of the the guys that we were with, his name was uh, Tommy Vincent and brother Tommy. And it, we were praying me, him and my pastor, Chuck Herring and in our hotel room before we went down to, you know, get in the car to go to this thing. This, it was like the second or third day. And, you know, brother Tommy was thanking the Lord for how good God had been to us already. But he said, yesterday's manna won't do for today. Yep. And I just, man, I just thought, Oh my gosh, that just, that just it hit my heart so hard because how often do we depend on yesterday's manna to try to get through to today? You know, mm. we need fresh manna every single day. And I think what the Sabbath does is it reminds us of that. It reminds yep. us of that. Hey, last week's manna is not going to do for today. You know, I mean, like we, 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 it's, I think preaching sermons is a great analogy for this. Yep. You can't, you can't depend on what you preached last week to get you through this week. Nope. And, um, we, we, ser- Eric and I served at a church in Oklahoma and, you know, we love the pastor. He's a great guy, but he, his sermons on Sunday night, like he would preach through one book on Sunday morning, another book on Sunday night. And on Sunday night, he would basically like his introduction was basically his previous week's sermon. Hmm. 
and then he would like preach for like five minutes, fresh stuff, you know? <laughs> and I just thought, man, dude, you're just basically preaching exactly what you taught, you know? It's like, but yeah, it's, it's a really good word that you shared there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that aside from, uh, you know, just trusting God, abiding in him, uh, I think one of the other reasons that, you know, God wants us to rest is because we're finite human beings um, mm-hmm. and we need rest. Um, and, so God's given us the Sabbath as a gift uh, so that we can rest from our labors. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's super important for, <clears throat> you know, church planners, especially. Why do you think it's so important for church planners in particular to take a Sabbath, a regular Sabbath? Uh, I think there's multiple reasons. I mean, number one, you, you, you can't, I think about like a war analogy, um, you can't live on the front lines. Uh, you, you you have to you have to you have to go back to the rear, and you have to recover. You have to hydrate. You have to eat. You have to get some sleep, and then you know there, that's why in war there's a rotation of people coming to the front lines and then to the rear, um, because you can't live there. You know, and if you mm-hmm. live there for so long, ultimately bad things will happen. You know, mistakes are going to take place and injuries and all those kinds of things. And so I think part of it is you need to go back and you need to rejuvenate and recuperate and those kinds of things. I think that's why it's really important because church planners should be, we should be living on the front lines every day. You know, the, the reason why we plant churches is to reach lostness. And so ultimately that means a lot of rejection most of the time. Mm-hmm. If you're sharing your faith on a regular, consistent basis, um, if, if you're, if you're building relationships <laughs> with lost people, it's very, it's very taxing on you as rewarding as it is. It can be very trying at times, um, you know, because you're, 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 you're revealing truths to them and, and, um, Paul tells us this, if they're not yet Christians, they don't always understand them, you know, and, 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 and that could be trying. It's good for your family. It, it, you know, it's important for church planners to take a Sabbath because I mean, I've told you this for, you know, five years now. I mean, you're, you, there's always going to be another, you know, fellowship Oshawa, another pillar DC. There's only, there's only going to be one Jen Huntley mm-hmm. and you know, our families need the best of us. Our families deserve the best of us. They don't mm-hmm. deserve the leftovers after we give ourselves away to everybody else, you know, mm-hmm. and a Sabbath can align that th- those priorities in your life. A Sabbath can make you say, that's right. This, this is the day where I put my phone away. I put my work away and I play with my babies mm-hmm. or I, I date my wife or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, you know, and, and then I would finally say it's, it's really important for church planners to take a Sabbath because, you know, <clears throat> kind of what I alluded to earlier is we can think that just because, you know, like we work for God, that that we are close with God, mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily true. I, mm, that's good, man. I, I I watched a video today, and it was so good, um, man. It's it, and and you know I don't I don't even know what day it is right now. I think it's like December eleventh or twelfth or something like that. But um, so whenever this is gonna air, but uh, Ed Stetzer tweeted this out. It's a story in the Washington Post right there where you guys are. It's mm-hmm. in about, I don't know if you saw this. It's about a pastor <laughs> in Alexandria, Virginia. His name's Reverend Howard John Wesley. That's where I live. And he, yeah, he, and he pastors a mega church. 
Um, they run 4,500 in attendance and they have 50,000 viewers online. And man, listen to what he says. He says, there's a weight a pastor bears in their soul and their emotions that is inescapable. There's not been a day in these past 11 years that I've not woken up and knew that there's something I had to do for the church, that I have to be available for a call, that I journey with people through the highs and the lows of life, through the great moments of celebration and in the valley of death. Um, and he said he's been on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, but he's, he's taken a, he's announced to his church. He's taken a sabbatical January 1st to April 12th. So he's taken a good sabbatical. Good for him. But he says in that, he says in that sermon, he says that many people think that just because pastors and preachers and, and, and our, for our podcast, church planters, just because we work for God, it doesn't mean we're close to God. And man, I thought, man, that is powerful. And he said, and he, he told his church, he said, I, right now, I feel so distant from God. Mm. And back to what we're talking about, a Sabbath, you know, a Sabbath will make you stop. It'll make you pause. It'll make you ask some tough questions every single week. And you say, okay, what's my walk with the Lord look like? Am I spending time with God out of joy or out of obligation? Yeah. Am I even spending time with God? Is the only time I'm getting in his word is to get a sermon, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. all those questions. And man, I'd, I'd encourage people listening to this, go and find that article. It's on the Washington Post, but man, it is so good. And that he just kind of bears his soul and opens up to his people. And uh, yeah, it's right there in your neck of the woods. You guys just moved to Alexandria, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're in Alexandria. That's where our house is. So, um, yeah, man, that's, um, that's such a good point. Such a powerful word. Um, and you know, I, I think that one of the things, um, that, uh, we, we were going to get to this later. We can go ahead and touch on it now since you brought it up that when it comes to, you know, sabbaticals, um, generally like I got some advice one time that I thought was really good advice that you don't want to wait until you need a sabbatical to take one. In other right. words, like you don't want to wait till you're already burnt out. Um, and the way that you prevent from getting to that place is by having a regular Sabbath, you know, uh, on an ongoing basis. And that's what will, uh, you know, oftentimes keep you from getting to the place where it sounds like this pastor is that he's just like, you know, kind of wakes up one day and realizes like, and I've been working for God for years and years and I don't even, I don't even feel close to him at all. And, you know, like taking a regular Sabbath day is, you know, kind of helps us reset, you know, on a weekly yeah. basis, helps us refocus, remind us of why we're doing what we're doing and gets us away from the tyranny of the urgent. And, um, you know, sabbaticals should be, uh, you know, about, about taking time to, you know, to rest and to enjoy God and not necessarily, you know, to kind of put ourselves on, on life support, so to speak, you know, because mm -hmm. we're like uh, hanging by a thread of staying in ministry and we're like about ready to, to be done with it, you know, or, or about ready to even walk away from the faith, you know, like we, I mean, how many pastors have we seen, you know, over the past couple of years, just like abandon the faith or have these serious moral failures, things like that. Because, and I, I honestly think a huge part of it is because they're they're failing to do exactly what we're talking about, which yeah. is rest in God, rest in Jesus, and they and they get caught up working for God, uh, and and they start out with good intentions, and it leads down a a road to ultimately to devastation and destruction yeah. of their ministry uh, or their families or their lives. 
Absolutely, man. Yeah. I think they're vital and I think it's a good word. I mean, like when, you know, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about sabbaticals here a little bit later in this episode, but I, I think that, you know, if, if you, it's just like anything else in life, you know, um, typically heart attacks don't happen just because, I mean, you know, most of the time it's, uh, it's, it's a, because you've maybe had a lifestyle of, of, of unhealth or, like, or you're like Papa too- John, you've ate like 40 pizzas in 30 days and you're like <laughs> yeah, taking yeah. pictures, you're perspirating all over yourself. You see that man? You got, you got like the meat sweats <laughs> Dude, and stuff. He, he looked like he was about to drop of a heart attack right there on the spot. <laughs> who is it? Who is this? Papa John. Have you not what? seen this? Yeah. So, you no. know, Papa John, who used to be, he started or he helped start Papa John's. Yeah, and then he, he had got, all the controversy. Well, he got forced out. He got fired by his board right. a year ago. And so yeah. he they did an interview of him and he's all swe- like literally he's sweaty. You need to Google this picture. And he's talking about <laughs> how I've had 40 of these pizzas in the past 30 days. They don't they've changed the recipe. It's not as good. He just looked it was he was like in bad shape, man. I was like, wow, oh, wow. he has gone off the deep end. And so he's always he's always a little nutty. He is. But yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's on well on his way to cardiac arrest. Oh man, <laughs> so, poor guy. Maybe he needs a sab- sabbatical. Uh, he needs or some, Sabbath. He needs Jesus, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. So, anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, I just, I just think you know, like most of the time, it, it's like you know the the healthcare system in the states. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody knows there needs to be healthcare reform in the states, and there's many different opinions and arguments of how we go about doing that. But, but, you know, in reality, th- there's really not been one uh, option that is preventative based. It's usually reactionary based healthcare model. And, you know, what do we, and, and I know people, we all get to make our own decisions with what we do with our bodies and what we put in our mouths and how we exercise and all those and how we sleep or don't sleep and all those kinds of things. But, but, you know, it's, what we're talking about is preventative rest and mm-hmm. uh, you know pr- preventing bad things from happening in your spiritual life as well yep. and you know we we i don't i don't remember the old acronym maybe you remember it but uh case van um one of our church planners up here a good friend of ours he he always talks about you know when we're tempted the most by sin and it's like when you're tired i don't remember there's an acronym for it but i don't remember it's mm-hmm. like when you're tired um when you're stressed and you're and hungry something yeah, yeah. Stuff like and that, yeah. uh but anyways, I mean like and I think a sabbath taking regular sabbath and taking a regular sabbatical every several years or whatever it might be helps you prevent those things taking place in your life. Hey, tired, hungry, idle. Um Yeah, that's right. Think, yeah, you're on thir- the you're, you're thirst is thirst the acronym? Tired, hungry, idle. Something. Yeah. yeah Rest. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, we'll have to ask yeah. Casey later. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, so, okay. So we've talked about, you know, why, uh, it's important to have a Sabbath rest for church planners. And, you know, we've kind of touched on, um, why it is that church planners tend to avoid taking a Sabbath. I think in, 
church planting in particular, though, I, I do think that church planting, a lot of times there's pressure to produce results. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, church planters feel this pressure to uh, whether it's imposed, whether it's self-imposed or whether it's actually coming from outside sources, which can happen sometimes. I think that it's not as common today, but, you know, in the past, it's been like, you know, okay, what's your numbers? How many are you running? How many are you baptizing? You know, there's this expectation yeah. that, okay, you've got three years to get up and running and then we're cutting you loose. And at least I know in our tribe and I know in another uh, church planning networks as well, we've, uh, I think, uh, in a made a very positive development and moving beyond that and recognizing that, you know, we can't just like, you know, manufacture and pump out church plants like we're on an assembly line here, you know, like, right, Oh, right. it takes three years to assemble and then boom, we're done. Like there it's a lot of times it's a long, hard road, especially when you're in places like Canada, um, where, you know, it's going to take longer than three years. Let's just face it to get up and yeah. going and be self-sustaining. And, um, but, Regardless, church planners, for whatever reason, feel this pressure on themselves to produce results. And when they don't see the results that they uh, were hoping for or expectations aren't met, the pressure begins to mount. Uh, they start looking for ways to tinker with what they're doing. They want to make changes. They want to change this or that. They want, they're doing everything they can to try to mm. uh, bring about the desired results. And they feel like they can't rest. Um, like, like, oh, I can't take time off because, uh, you know, if I, I, you know, the devil doesn't sleep, so neither can I, you know, kind of a deal, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that, and then I think also sometimes, I mean, we, we have this illusion that we can produce the results. It's, we we forget Mm. that like ultimately, um, you know, we're the one that sows the seed and, and we water the seed, but it's God who gives the growth. Like first Corinthians three says. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I I think so many planners, I mean, like, we're, I don't know, man, I we, we, we started, we got into church planning, God called us into church planning officially, like, in 20, 2011, um, and so, you know, being at this now for, you know, nine years or so, it's almost nine years. I I don't know, like church planners tend to wrestle with like a lot of insecurities from their past and a lot of, there's a lot of pride in church planners. And I think there's a lot of pride in ministers in general. Mm -hmm. You know, you see a lot of that and guys might not talk about it, but it's there. And, but the insecurities part, I think is really, really important for us to understand. We have this conversation because if we don't understand that it's out of the overflow of abiding in Christ that, that he actually blesses our work, then we will keep on working. We'll keep on working. We'll keep on working and we'll, and eventually we'll get, we'll start to bury, you know, to use a car analogy, we'll start to bury, you know, that needle in the RPMs into the red zone Mm -hmm. and we'll stop we'll start to get tired and we'll burn out. And, and that ha- burnout happens ultimately when we are trying to perform for God and we're trying to work for God outside of his supernatural strength and ability. Mm-hmm. And so I think so many planters avoid taking a day of rest. <laughs> Number one, they think it's a badge of courage or a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I work 48, you know, hundred hours, you know, whatever. I mean, like they, 
I, they you hear these crazy numbers, you know, and it's like I take 27 hours to prepare a sermon, be, you know, and <laughs> it's I mean, like all these things. And you just wonder, like, man, dude, that's not healthy. And and where does all that come from? Well, it doesn't come from God, in my opinion. No. So I think where it does come from is it comes from insecurities. Yep. Guys are saying those things because they think that's what other people want to be impressed with and want to hear. They, you know, and all those kinds of things. And ultimately guys don't take Sabbaths because they, they think that their work depends on them. But the reality of it is, is that God doesn't need them. Mm -hmm. God doesn't need you and me. I mean, we could die today. And if God wants to raise up another podcast that would focus on practical church planning, he'll do it. Lickety split. Yep. And you know, it, he God doesn't need us. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where she is. Go, go, go. Hold on one second. Rick. No problem. Isaac. <laughs> hey, I'm recording a podcast. So this is why, ladies and gentlemen, we are a podcast by everyday church planners for the everyday church planners. Sometimes, sometimes our kids just come in the room and interrupt the podcast, and it is what it is. We're not, sometimes they do. Sometimes not, they do. We're not professionals yeah. here. Yeah. And this is why you need to take a Sabbath to keep yeah. your mental sanity. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah. And Cadence is the fence. She is four. Uh, but she like, is. <laughs> she, she's been doing it a lot lately. It's been pretty funny. She interrupted me on a, I was on like a, <laughs> I was on like a regional call with like 20 catalysts the other day and she just barges she in there. Yeah. She mm -hmm. just barges in, but it's funny. It's awesome. But yeah, I, I think like so many guys, man, they, they, I think that when you, the older I get, I think when you can't stop, when you can't rest, when you can't take vacations, when you can't take sabbaticals, I think a lot of that is, about like insecurity a lot of it is about control you mm -hmm. know like this thing yep. couldn't happen without me yep. kind of thing and i think that's very dangerous yep definitely is definitely is okay so we need to talk about uh, how to actually implement this because we've probably yeah. got listeners who either are not taking some uh, Sabbaths at all right now, or they're really struggling with their consistency on having Sabbath rest, or maybe just struggling on like, what do I even do during a Sabbath? Like a lot of times I think uh, guys have a, a day set aside for Sabbath rest, but they're not really resting on that day. Um, yeah. Like they might not be going into the office or things like that, but they're still finding themselves drawn to that iPhone and opening up those emails. And they're still thinking about things related to the church. And so it's, they're still stressing about it, even if they're not actively working on it. So mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about like, you know, how do you discipline yourself to actually take a weekly Sabbath? And what does that Sabbath day look like? How can you truly rest? Yeah, I think like, I think actually, I think even actually before the Sabbath, it starts with, yeah, it's, I think even before like your day, your weekly Sabbath, it starts with what you do with your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Because I think most guys in church planting, Cause, and I don't, and I'm not saying like, I think this, like I, I experience it. Right. Because like I'm getting like emails and like texts and stuff like at nine o'clock at night, you know, from, from, from people. And I'm like, why are you, why are you working or why are you doing this? Like at nine o'clock at night? <laughs> I mean, like there's, Hey man, and, and, look, I was I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a late day. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Unless you're Jared Huntley. 
No, I was kidding. Yeah. It wasn't but, me. but like, but like the, but like, you know, why, why are we, you know, it's okay to do that periodically and stuff, but if we operate and live our lives like that, mm-hmm. you know, then, then ultimately you're going to burn out. And so I actually think when we talk about the conversation of Sabbath, it actually should start with like a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And so I, I try to have some pretty, pretty, I don't know if I would say tight, but, but pretty tight parameters around what my days look like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, around, in the evening time and stuff like that, I just stay away from my email, probably anything post like for, you know, there's always the exception to the rule. Like if we're recording the next day, like for this podcast, like you'll text me or something say, Hey man, I just sent the uh, episode notes or something like that. And I'll, I'll look at them or whatever it might mm-hmm. be if there's some downtime. So there's always the exception to the rule, but I'll tell you when I learned this, bro, I tell you when I learned this, it was like uh, multiple years ago, but I checked my email because I was always doing it out of habit, you know, like we do checking your email once every 30 seconds, because, you know, uh, you know, the prime minister might need my help with something. I don't know. But anyways, so you like, you're, you're, you're checking your email and everything like that. And I check my email like at nine o'clock at night. And, you know, I mean, we go to bed pretty early, so mm-hmm. it's like pretty close to my bedtime. Right. And I checked my email and it was like from an angry church member. And I read that and I was, and it just like deflated me. Yep. And then I take that into, you know, uh, the conversation my wife and I have like a, a nightly wrap up conversation, you know, stuff like that. And I take it into that conversation. And mm-hmm. so then it's not about my kids. It's not about how their day went and it's not about how she's doing. It's not about our marriage and our family at that point. It's about this guy. Mm-hmm. And so then we're unpacking all that, you know, and then, you know, da, 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 it might be. And so I think, I think actually it means when we talk about Sabbath, you actually got to get control of your daily habits, first of all. Yeah. So, so, you know, like hmm. I, I stay away from my email in the evenings because I, I don't even go there. Anything, anybody that has an emergency that note that, that needs me, they know how to get a hold of me. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the first thing I would say. I know you weren't asking that, but I just feel like that's a good no, thing. I, for us to- I, no, I'm asking whatever you yeah. want to share, man. That's good stuff. Uh, I think I, it's something I need to hear because like, I'm, I, I still have a long way to go in terms of like disciplining myself and my daily habits. Like I'm, I think I'm quite frankly, probably addicted to checking my email. Uh, yeah. it's something that, you know, I'll constantly look at all the time and, um, I just actually deleted Twitter not too long ago because yeah. I just kind of realized it's basically a source of uh, of unhealthiness for me. Um, Twitter yeah, is just man. basically like poison. And even the Christians who are on there spend most of their time arguing. It just doesn't have any redeeming qualities, really. And so yeah. I just decided, like, you know what? Can't do this anymore. And so just, and I, I need to do the same in the evenings with email, things like that. Um, and, I think yeah. like, I think like there's, uh, you know, I think it was John Piper a couple of years ago said, you know, the one thing we get to heaven, I, I don't remember exactly the quote, but he said, you know, like Twitter will be gonna, evidence on judgment day that we didn't, uh, neglect prayer for lack of time. This is what yeah, he said. Something yeah. Like that. And yeah. he taught, he made reference like to social media or whatever yeah. it might be. Uh, and, and compared to that, you know, but yeah. like, yeah, I, I think we got to get, because here's what we're talking about, man. This is, this is what our listeners, this is what we want you to hear. We're talking about holistic health. Okay. So when you talk about a Sabbath, 
when you talk about a sabbatical, man, we're, we're, we're in this for the long haul. Like, I don't know if anybody that's out there listening to this, that's a church planter or part of a church playing team saying, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to do this ministry gig for about three years. And then after that, I'm going to get into politics or I'm going to get into business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, guys do that. But I'm saying, I don't think anybody thinks that way. No. That's probably listening to this. So if we're not thinking that way, we're thinking long haul. We're mm-hmm. thinking marathon, right? And what do you do for a marathon? Like you train longer, you take bet, you know, it, and we're not sprinting. We're, we're not, we're not, we're, this isn't like a next year thing. And so we're trying to develop habits that's going to keep us in the fight in the trenches for longer periods of time. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're talking about when we talk about Sabbath rest. Now, how, how how do I actually spend like my Sabbath day? You got to, first of all, you have to determine what's the best day for you. So for my family, what we've determined is Monday is the best day for, for, for us. Monday's a good day for me because it's Sunday and everybody listening to this that preaches and does ministry. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Sunday just carries a weight with it sometimes. Yep. That is just, you know, on Sunday afternoons, you're just really tired. You just feel exhausted. It, it feels like you've worked out after you've preached, you know, and it has nothing to do with, you know, whether you're a fire and brimstone preacher or a conversational preacher. It's just, you know, Might you're going to, to with how tight going your to jeans, how tight your jeans are. Yeah, how tight your jeans are. Your if your jeans you are sweaty. super tight, maybe you need to, maybe that's making you tight. I don't know. But, uh, but you know, like determine what day you're going to actually have your Sabbath on is important. Yeah. So we, we, we pick ours on, on Monday and that works out really well for me. So on Mondays, I don't do much with my email. I don't do much with meetings, calendaring, anything like that. Like, but my assistant knows that. So we keep that calendar. We keep that day open. We keep it blank. Um, we don't do a lot with that day. Emergencies always happen. Um, you know, we're not, we're not legalistic with it. Um, I try to make that day for family. I try to make that day for the Lord to listen to him, to spend some maybe more in-depth quality time with him. Um, I don't rush. I don't, I don't rush to do anything on Mondays. I sleep in on Mondays. I don't set an alarm clock on Mondays. Um, if I sleep, if I sleep till eight o'clock on Mondays, I sleep till eight o'clock. It's just, I'm not worried about it. Um, you know, we might go to the movies, we might go to the park. It's, it's a day for family day. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we try not to work. We try not to take phone calls, you know, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty basic for me. What does your sap look like? Yeah, man. Uh, I think it's, you know, we've tried to, I've learned a lot from you, uh, in terms of what a Sabbath looks like. So we, you know, we try to do a lot of the same thing. We're getting, we've definitely gotten a lot better. I, I say, I, uh, say we, it's really, I've gotten a lot better about it. Um, and my wife, Jen is constantly pushing me to get better about, you know, taking Sabbath rest. And it's like, one of the things we've really started doing is, is doing more things together on the Sabbath. Um, I, you know, I sleep in, I don't, um, I don't, you know, wake up early, don't set an alarm. Uh, we do ours on Mondays as well. Uh, you know, it usually, you know, we stay around the house, you know, for the first part of the day at least. And we may go run some errands or something like that in the afternoon or go, you know, we'll go out to dinner, we'll go see a movie, something like that in the evening. Um, but yeah, we just try not to, 
uh, to, to, we try not to do anything or talk about, you know, church stuff, uh, things like that. Uh, that's and, a key one. Yeah, it's key. And I, and I also think like you, you, your team, like you said, your team needs to know when your Sabbath is and just so that they're not sending you communications and tempting you to work by texting you, Oh, Hey, this person, you know, ask this yeah. or, Oh, Hey, don't forget about this project. You know, like just, you know, it's helpful to not have those things or to limit that stuff coming through. So you're not even yeah. tempted to look at it, um, during your, during your Sabbath day. So, yeah. Um, I think as far as like disciplining yourself to, to actually take that Sabbath, there's also a mindset, uh, that you need to take on, like just a couple mm-hmm. of things. Like, I think first of all, uh, we've got to remember that it's an act of obedience to God. Um, I think a yeah. lot of times a Sabbath gets looked at as kind of like a suggestion that can help your overall health, um, yeah. which is true. It it will help your overall health, but it's not a suggestion. It's not right. like, you know, because when we treat it like a suggestion, then what we tend to, tend to do is we kick the can down the road a little bit more. We go, I know mm-hmm. this will be good for me. I know, I know God's given this to me because it's good, and you know, and He loves me. But, but it, but it's a, it's not vital. You know, it's not, a, it's not a command. So I'm, you know, man, I'm just really busy. God will understand. And but here's yeah. the deal: we got to come to realization. No, no, no. God does not understand your disobedience. Yeah. Well, he understands you're doing it because you're, you have a rebellious heart and right. you know, like you, you have a propensity to not trust him and to want to place your faith in yourself. Yeah. Right. But it's not excusable. It's not okay. It's, it's quite yeah. frankly, like refusing to Sabbath is an act of disobedience against God. Just like anything else. And it's a lack of trust. And so like, we've got to just call it for what it is. It's sin. Right. And then second of all, you know, like we've got to see taking a Sabbath as an act of love towards our family. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like we can't, um, you know, your wife, like you said, your wife and your children need you to take a Sabbath. They need, uh, you know, to have that time with you. They need to be able to have your undivided attention. Really, like you like you were saying earlier, there needs to be time every day where that's true. Like you need to block off hours where you're, you've got yeah. working hours and then you've got off hours. Uh, but yeah. you also need a full day just to where your family has your undivided attention. Mm-hmm. And or else what could possibly happen is they will come to resent ministry and yeah. to resent church planting and maybe even to resent the church because they see uh, the church and the church work of church planting as a competition and they're fighting yeah. against the ministry for your affection. And right. that's never good. Um, it's the last thing you want to happen. Yeah, it's the last. Yeah, for sure. You want you want your family to be in it with you. You want mm-hmm. to include, you know, uh, you want to include your family with you in as many things as you're doing when it comes to, you know, when you're doing things surrounding the church, like, like include your family with you so that they come to know and to love the work of ministry and the work of church planning as much as, uh, you do. Um, but make sure that they always know they're the priority. That's so, right. Yeah, that's right. And then just put it on your calendar, like to pick a day, um, don't, don't do the, I've heard some people say, well, I don't have like a set Sabbath day. You know, it changes week to week. That's not going to work. Don't do that. If you yeah. fail to plan, you plan to fail. So yeah. pick a day, be disciplined uh, about it. Just kind of like the same way we, op- we treat our tithes, right? Like yeah. we don't give God our leftovers. The first, he gets the first fruits. So the, whatever, if you give 10%, 15%, 8%, whatever it is that you give, that's the first amount that you're kind of setting aside before you pay any other bills. And it needs to be the same with our time on our calendar. 
I think like to having a regular, regularly scheduled Sabbath, it will help you in significant ways that maybe you, you, you haven't thought through like in, in, in terms of, um, you know, you to say, maybe it's like, maybe it's like Thursday or like today, you know, we're recording on a Thursday and maybe you're like, Oh man, it's been a hard week. And it's like, man, I'm really looking forward to Monday. <laughs> it's like, that's okay. It's okay to say those kinds of things yeah. because it should be a day of rest. It should yep. be a day where you're getting some time with your family and some time to recharge and all those kinds of things. So it, it can help in, in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I wanted to really quick, uh, touch on sabbaticals as well. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, so, uh, you know, sabbaticals are something that, uh, you know, I think a lot of times church planters don't think a whole lot about because we're, you know, the work of the nature of church planting is that we're starting new things. And so typically when we think of sabbaticals, we think of that's something that a guy who's been a pastor for a long time takes, you know, like you got to put in many, many years before you think about taking a sabbatical. Um, Matt, why, uh, should a church planter consider um, uh, at least planning on have, taking a sabbatical at some point in uh, their ministry? Well, number no, number one is because like if if I think if you don't, you a lot of times you will burn out. Like burnout will happen if you know um, when in that article I referenced earlier that that pastor said you know there's a difference between being exhausted and being tired. He said, tiredness leads to exhaustion and exhaustion leads to burnout. And, um, I thought, man, that's, that's really good because, um, because if anybody can feel tired, it's church planters. And if you're tired for a significant period of time, it begins to lead to exhaustion. If you're exhausted for, for significant periods of time, it ultimately leads to burnout. And so somewhere between that tired and exhaustion point, a sabbatical is really good for your soul. Mm -hmm. It's really good just to take some time away and um, to do it. Most church planners can't see things like anybody else. We can't see things as they're taking place, as they're unfolding. And so we don't realize how tired we are or how much... um, I remember I served at a church and, and, um, some things had happened in that church. And, you know, I was just like, yeah, these things are bad. I mean, I, I wish they wouldn't have happened, but you know, we'll, we'll move on. And I remember I went to, uh, we resigned from that church ultimately to prepare to come to plant, you know, this church in Canada. And I remember we went to our sending church and we went on staff there for like a year. And I remember I was just sitting there with Erica one day listening to, you know, my pastor Chuck Herring preach. I remember like he said something in the sermon and it touched my heart. I just began to weep. And I thought, why am I crying? Like, what's wrong with me? And Erica's like, you know, hold my hand and stuff. And I'm just like, and it's in that moment, like, dude, I was like deeply hurt in that previous ministry. Mm. And I didn't realize it at the time because, you know, you try to put on a brave face and you try to move forward. And, um, And I just, I always reference that. I think, you know, if I wouldn't have had an opportunity to deal with some of that hurt before we came here, I would have brought a lot of that baggage with me. Mm-hmm. So I think like, I think a sabbatical will help you to, to, to work through some of that stuff. And because you can't see the things that you're enduring right now, 
um, that's what I always say. Vision is 2020, you know, hindsight vision is 2020. Yeah. And so you, you look back on things, you say, Oh yeah, that, that was hard or that was difficult. Sabbaticals for church planners will help you process the things that you're going through. It'll help you learn the things. Here's our problem. This is, this is what we have to talk about in our tribe in the Southern Baptist denomination. Sabbaticals are, are, are often misunderstood they are misunderstood. They're not celebrated primarily mm-hmm. and, and they're not part of the norm. Now I think that's changing, which is a really good thing, you know, but Presbyterians, I mean, Methodists, whoever uh, s- sabbaticals are pretty part normative rhythms of their, their church life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's written into their constitutions and all those kinds of things. Yep. Southern Baptists just have a weird thing where we're just like, Oh, you're taking three months paid? Like, are you cr- like, wow, I, uh, I work for a living. I'm sorry. I work for a living. Yep. You know, it's like, and I think we have that approach. And so, so many times pastors, they don't feel like they can even take that kind of time off. Mm-hmm. They don't even feel like they can take that rest yep. because it's not celebrated in our tribe at all. Yep. You know, it's what makes it's what makes this sabbatical hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that. You know, sabbatical um, and is a necessary thing for the health, uh, for your long-term health. Um, you know, it's not about like uh, taking, you know, paid time off or something just to go vacation and, you know, go water skiing and things like that, right? Like that's not what uh, sabbaticals are about. Sabbaticals are about being able to step away. What? What, what, what water skiing ever do to you, man? Nothing, man. I'm just saying. Like, I was using it as an example. You can go water skiing as part of it. I'm just saying if like that's the only reason you want to go take a sabbatical so you can go, you know, water skiing for three months, then maybe you're, you know, you maybe, got the wrong maybe your motives are not right. Yeah, your motives are right. Right. And there's nothing yes. wrong with doing things like that. And you should do fun things like that. Like I've, I, I got a friend that just, uh, he took one this summer. He was gone for about, uh, I think they did a hundred days and, you know, like, so a uh, part of that was like, they did a month long trip. Uh, they got an RV, they rented one of those RVs and they did a cross country yeah. all the way to the West coast and all the way back to the East coast as a family. That's awesome, and man. so they, you know, they went to the grand Canyon and they did all the stuff, you know, I mean, there's things like that. And, and he got to spend yeah. some extended time. You, you need, you need long enough away from your ministry to where you really kind of get to that point where you're beginning to feel like, what, what do I do? You know, because he was telling me how, you know, about 60 days in, it started to really get tough because, you know, he began to get really restless. And that's when he began to realize how easy it was to make an idol out of ministry because, Mm -hmm. you know, he was not, he realized how much discontentment was in his life and how he had been looking to ministry to kind of like distract from that. Right. And he was looking to the work of ministry to kind of give him his purpose. And so it really caused him to do some soul searching in terms of no, what, what, what's my actual identity, right? Is it really in Christ? Is it as a child of God? Is that good enough for me? And I think that, man, it's just hard to get that. Like, unless you take some extended time away from, you know, the demand of the work of the ministry sometimes. And so that's why I think it it needs to be built in. Yeah, it is. And like, I know we took our first sabbatical in 2017 and we, we really learned some things like from that experience. I mean, um, like we took three months, we took, uh, I think a little, uh, a little over under, I don't remember, but it was around 90 days. And I remember thinking, 
Erica, Erica, my wife and I, we both said, you know, like, I think if, I think when we do this again, we won't take maybe as long as a sabbatical. Mm -hmm. And, um, because there were some things that we wanted to do on the sabbatical that, you know, we, we did do and that we accomplished and stuff like that, which was great. But we were kind of like, you know what, maybe this is a little bit too long. And, um, so you, you, it's just, you learn as you go, you know, there's a pastor in, um, in Tennessee who, um, in Memphis area, he takes a sabbatical. Like, I think he takes like one every year. I think he takes a one month sabbatical every year, Hmm. um, where he just, he just schedules it and he takes it like every single year. And his people like want him to rest. They want him to recharge and all those kinds of things, which is, I think is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, a lot of this depends on your congregation. It depends on you, on your personality. Um, right, you know, right. like for us, what we're doing is we're building it into our constitution and every five years, it's going to be mandatory for full-time pastoral staff to take a sabbatical, yeah. uh, ranging anywhere from 40 to 120 days. And it'll be, that'll be at the discretion of the elders. So the elders collectively will decide like, Hey, here's what we think you need. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the pastor will be able to, you know, whichever pastor or elder is, uh, up for sabbatical, will be able to speak into that process. But, um, you know, like, uh, there, you know, you can also do it where the congregation actually votes on whether to send, you know, a pastor on sabbatical and you can make that a matter of a vote to the congregation, things like that. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of ways you can do it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, I think that, you know, what you want to avoid if you're a church planner, like you don't want to be the one that's like, you know, going to your people and saying, Hey, I need a sabbatical. So I'm going to take one. Like ideally, like what you want is you want to, you want to teach uh, Sabbath rest to your congregation. And you really want your people coming and saying like, you know, like identifying the fact that there's a need for this uh, yeah. and them, you know, kind of approaching you about it uh, or else it can look bad. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, I think like too, like kind of as we wrap up this episode, you, um, I think you should need a sabbatical if that makes sense. Okay. Like if you're listening to this, yeah. I, um, I think that we should, I think when you really got your hands on the plow and day in and day out, you're working for the kingdom to the spirit's power. I think like ultimately you should need that rest. You should need that time. I think if people that say like, I don't need that rest or I don't need that sabbatical. I always wonder, you know, like, A, what are you doing day in and day out with your time? You know, um, and then B, um, may, maybe you feel like maybe you're, maybe you feel like you, you don't need a sabbatical because it's coming from the wrong place. Like you're working out of the wrong spirit. You're mm-hmm. working in your own power and not in this, in the Holy spirit strength. And so I think it's, I think it, we got to get to a place where we say like, it's okay to need a sabbatical. It's more than okay. It's actually appropriate and it's necessary. So I think that's, I think that's really important. Amen. Well, Hey, we need to wrap this thing up, man. We're uh, yep. almost an hour in. So I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode of In the Trenches. Make sure you head on over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com. You can find links to our other episodes there. Uh, make sure, if you haven't done so before, to subscribe to In the Trenches and leave us a five-star review because when you do that, it helps uh, increase our reach. So when people search for church planning podcasts, then they'll find ours. And 
and they won't find all of those other inferior church planning podcasts. And no, that's, I'm kidding, sort of. So uh, make sure you go on and, and head over to uh, our website and hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever platform you like to listen to us on. Leave us that five-star review. Uh, we're going to be back next Monday with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. Church planners.